I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. Have a good day today. Let me the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If you're starting to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I always be based on my experiences. I also on the right to the intro and address. They're found on ytmp3.com. Also, a mission statement we'd like to review with all of you. So, the mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. People on spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities aren't to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I have some paid for the following. Dean and Night Owl deserves a special thanks for their considerate donation for shirts for our gala and their superb print abilities. This is the only one of the main reasons I want to emphasize them. Night Owl Promotions has been in operation in Ellettsville and Spencer, Indiana for 20 years. The most gifted, dedicated individuals work for this family-run company. To meet all of your printing needs, go to Night Owl Promotions. They could help. And as of now, since they bought the Platinum Package, they were our biggest gala sponsor. Cornerstone Autism is the final entry on the list. Cornerstone, which has locations all around Indiana, teaches your child the social communication and life skills they need to grow more independent every day. Children with autism have a strong need to interact with people, communicate, and have fun. That's what we support. There are some people I like to thank. I have received some more Cutthroat Kitchen fan mail. The first are from two people in the barbecue world. First is the self-proclaimed barbecue daddy, Terry Matthews, and the world-known barbecue pit masters, Harry Sue. Second, I received fan mail from Chef Pink D. Lane Poor, who by coincidence, has a nephew on the autism spectrum. Thank you for responding to me. It means a lot. And we did it, everyone. Our second ARA, our second annual gala, great inspiration occurred. This day was amazing. Everyone had a great time eating the delicious food made by our cousin, John Norris. An extra thanks goes to Rich Bell on C225, giving the beat to Rich Bell for more information. But what an awesome story, not to only hear on a podcast, but in person too. As a mother at C105 Meet My Mother said, people are putting in front of us for a reason. And I know, Rich Beto, you were put into our lives for a reason. Autism Rocks and Rolls is so appreciative of your story, message, and now your friendship for life. We love you and cannot wait to see you and your family again. Another thing goes to the ARA, our board of directors, for helping us through the day. We would not be able to do this without you. Something else to quickly mention that was discussed is at our monthly board meet is that we are still selling the stone color t-shirts that were at our gala. And they are only $20 donation. Be sure to get them. Plus, I need to thank our volunteers, Jake Harris and Nicholas Clement, for volunteering for us. Finally, an extra thanks goes to everybody who helped out and THR's own Jalela Brooks, who did a story on this event. And we thank everyone who came. I hope everyone enjoyed themselves. Late last month, I returned to the Niagara Falls Canada to address the 2023 Asset Conference. I had a great day catching up with some old acquaintances while also making new friends. Along with making contacts, I also discussed my objective and how technology has saved my life while telling my narrative. Judy deserves a special thanks for welcoming us back. Last week, I did a new networking event called Global Online Speed Networking, which was through the Explore Pro Tech team. Even though I had to leave early, I made some connections and some pals. And since the last episode, I have been on several podcasts. I was on the Beyond the Lines podcast with Jason Davis, Copa Chill podcast with Ronald Martin, Magnificent podcast with Dr. J or Karen Kuboski, and the Gallup Speaks podcast with Gallup PSD. What awesome podcast to listen to. Now, today we have someone kind of cool. Luis Marusi, a man who figuratively lives under the sea, and despite being on the autism spectrum, Mr. Marusi takes water therapy because he enjoys diving and the underwater environment. Luis is an online streamer and YouTuber just like myself in the media world because that's what we're both involved in. Luis also supports kids who are autistic because he is a spokesperson or an ambassador for Dive Heart, an organization that teaches children with disabilities how to engage in water sports and dive therapy. Finally, because Luis is a merman today, we are making history. This is the 
the first time I've ever hosted a merman on Autism Rocks Rolls. Let's welcome the intriguing but great Luis Maracui. Luis, how are we doing, my friend? Hey, Sam. And it's Luis Marinucci, by the way. That's uh, okay. Yeah. So I'll remember that. Mariachi Marinucci works. <laughs> so my first question to you is, what does having autism mean to you? It can be awkward. It can be odd. But in regards to being autistic, it can be a gift and it can be a curse at the same time. Oh, I agree with you. I think we all have hard days, but there are some great days that people I wish would see more often. And as for what you said about Die Heart, they are a nonprofit organization based out of the Chicago suburb of Downers Grove. They don't just help people on the spectrum who are kids. They also help adults too, like myself. And my pal, Nick Johnson, who is also autistic, who also comes from the Chicago metropolitan area. Now, as for Dive Heart themselves, they also work with people in wheelchairs who've been in car accidents, quadriplegics, for example. They've also worked with veterans, wounded warriors, essentially, those who have PTSD. And they also go on trips to places like Bonaire, Cozumel in Mexico. They also have been to Key Largo. They also been to Honduras. Wow, that's a lot of places. And I looked at their organization. It is phenomenal. I do have some more questions about that later. But I do want to know, what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you had autism at 12 years old? It was kind of strange because I was diagnosed with ADHD around when I was six years old. I mean, younger, actually. Maybe not six, but maybe when I was like toddler. My parents knew that something was wrong with me ever since I was a kid. But who said something's wrong with you? You're doing pretty good for yourself right now. I'm talking about the way I was behaving back then. Oh, okay. How are you behaving back then? I got in trouble, but I'm not going to get into that. I'll tell you a little bit more about me later. But as for how did I find out I was autistic at 12, Asperger's syndrome, my father and mother discovered it by complete accident, pretty much. And the therapist I was with diagnosed me with it. What do you mean it was by accident? Could you go into details with that a little more, please? Because they were looking up my condition. That's why. Based on being on a spectrum, how do you think a brain with autism operates? I have my moments. Like, I can have meltdowns, for example, because this week has been a terrible week for me because I tend to have meltdowns over sports, which is something that's beyond my control. And I also have my good moments where I'm very intelligent. I feel like that some days, too, when we have our, I call them autistic moments, or as one of my previous guests said, C216, lifting autism with Jeffrey Snyder, Philip Sage, Ron Sanison, and T-Ice, but he said he calls them honey badger moments. When we're having our honey badger moments, yeah, it doesn't make you feel good because I think some days you want to control it, but mentally you just can't. As they say, shit happens. I would have 100% agree with that, and I think we have a hard time learning that. I still learn that to this day. I also want to tell you about how I met Galit. Because as you know, I am a scuba diver too. And I'll tell you more about my diving history. I met Galit through my friend, Nicole Zelik, who teached me how to free dive. And eventually I planned to be one of her mermaid instructors. As for Galit, I found Galit one day when she interviewed Nicole for a podcast, Galit Speaks. Two months ago in March, I was interviewed by Galit. Talked about things like Dive Heart, which we will talk about later on in this podcast, about how I became a diver, about me being a YouTuber and Twitch streamer. Galit's a pretty cool lady, and I have a couple of questions on her as well, so I guess we can answer that while I'm thinking about it. How did Galit hear about you? I seen Galit's podcast when she interviewed Nicole, and I reached out to her because I was talking to Nicole about 
her and, and Galit gave me the link to join her podcast. Of course, I think it was January was when I seen this podcast. I signed up for it, and then two months later in March, I would actually be on her podcast. I think I found her through a podcast website called Matchmaker. For all the podcasters out there, check that website out because that will get you a lot of podcast connections, podcast guests, ad swaps. It's a pretty cool website. And Galit is also a diver herself, just like I am. She's a scuba diver too. What is the most rewarding and the most difficult thing about having autism. If you mean like responsibilities, yeah, responsibilities can be rewarding, but sometimes they can be difficult and be a burden. That doesn't mean I don't want to be an adult and don't want responsibilities. Still got to be an adult though. Right, but there's a limit. Exactly. I get overwhelmed. Sometimes even like having to do this podcast and the academic work, because I'm in college, a fun fact for the listeners, and I definitely am excited for it, but there are some days where I'm just like, oh my gosh. How the heck am I going to make it through today? Even making YouTube videos can be overwhelming sometimes. and Even streaming on Twitch can also be overwhelming for me, but still fun and rewarding. Oh, yeah, hands down. I smile each time I make an episode. What advice would you give to someone who just learned they had autism? Just hang in there. It's going to be fine. You're going to have your good days. You're going to have your bad days. It's not your fault. Something that happened. And I like that. Just something that happens. That should be on a t-shirt right there, first of all, I think. But second of all, I like that because you're right. Like you said earlier, part of the French, but shit happens. I mean, life can sometimes not be the nicest okay. to us. You're hitting us by going uphill on the roller coaster. And when you were going uphill, seeing that view, it's kind of scary. And we're seeing a view too, but maybe it's a little bit higher than we're making it. My YouTube channel is called Lewis's Adventures. I started in 2015 because I wanted to return to scuba diving because at the time I had an upcoming Disney World trip, which of course I had a nine-year hiatus in diving at the point. And I was also had left cheerleading, which I was in from 2010 2015. Let's just say things between myself and the owner of the organization that I was in, who was also one of my coaches, we didn't see eye to eye, but time did eventually heal the wounds. There's a lot of things I would talk about about my past, but I'm not going to talk about them here unless you want me to talk about them. But we're just going to talk about me and me now. I had gotten a lot of ideas on how to become a YouTuber. Ever heard of uh, the YouTube channel Cinemassacre and its owner, James Rolfe, also known as the Angry Video Game Nerd. No. I've seen a lot of his episodes of his channel where he pretends to be angry when he reviews bad games. And, well, that gave me an idea. Then to start be a YouTuber. But what also included in there was at the time I had met this British teenager who's now an adult from the UK named Charlotte Burns. And Charlotte was going to make history as the first 15-year-old to dive the Sylphera Fisher in Iceland. but because of the laws in Iceland that prohibit anyone under 18 from scuba diving, she couldn't do that. Even though that girl failed to do that, I still give her credit for trying and giving me the motivation to start this YouTube channel as well. You took on an interest and you just pivoted because that's what I did with my media club. After I joined my high school's media club, that's what I found out about the podcast. And I just knew right away, this is what I want to do. And I did it at 16 years old. I was headstrong. Now, as for me being a Twitch streamer, I was influenced by the same person who inspired me to be a merman, but that person and I no longer talk, unfortunately, and I'm not going to get into the details about that either. And that's totally fine, bro. Now, you taught me scuba diving. Let's get into that. What did you yes. see at two years old on television that got you interested in scuba? I seen a couple doing a backward roll into the water with scuba gear on. 
and then swimming underwater, breathing through the regulators. And it wasn't until 20 years later in 2006, I got my scuba certification. But in 2005, I took a Discover Scuba. It means that you try scuba diving out before you actually do it. And I'm certified through the agency PADI, which is short for the Professional Association of Dive Instructors. But of course, before I got certified through them, I tried to get certified through another shop who are affiliated with NAWI, which is short for the National Association of Underwater Instructors. I just couldn't pass their written test. I mean, I did go with the water skills, but I only failed once at the PADI course, but I did pass that. But when it came time to actually do my actual open water dives, during my third dive, I accidentally went down to 60 feet by mistake. Because at the time, I was having buoyancy issues with my weight belt, which was slipping on me. And of course, I didn't have very good air consumption, too. And buoyancy and air consumption are very important when scuba diving. And they're also important in free diving and mermaiding as well. Right. And I have a question about free diving later. So keep your thought in mind for that. But I want to talk about Mario scuba diving with water therapy. Because you told, said on the podcast, it's water therapy. So how is scuba diving water therapy for your autism and anxiety? Helps you calm down. It's very relaxing. Because every month I go to the Adventure Aquarium, which is across the Delaware River from Philadelphia over in New Jersey, I do diving there, and I've been a diver there for five years, and I do brushing, vacuuming, and we even do dive shows, too. Wow, man. Dive art seems really cool, but what yeah. about the water makes it therapy for you? Is it the feeling on your skin? Is it just the fact that you're seeing a new world? I do it for the adventure, and it helps my mind. Now, as for dive heart, let me tell you about how I got involved with them. One year after my Florida trip to Walt Disney World at Epcot, there were other people I was starting to meet in 2015 on Facebook, and one of them was a woman named Wendy Crowd, who I call my scuba mom and my mentor. She got me into Dive Heart because she was friends with Jim Elliott, and of course, I had to raise the money for it. it took months, and then I had to get my passports. Then went to Cozumel in December 2016, and let's just say it was my first time diving in the sea. It had been 10 years since I went and got certified, but here's the thing, Sam. Like when I got certified to dive, I had a bit of trouble with water getting in my mask. But as I kept diving, I, things got better and better and better and better. And you learned to adapt, right? Yes. And I want to actually ask you a question about that. You told me Dive Heart taught you to adapt. How has Dive Heart taught you to adapt? Remember I told you about how they also work with people in wheelchairs when they get on the boat? It's usually people in wheelchairs first. And then when they get off, they are always the last ones to get off the boat. Just got to be patient when it comes to them because it's usually them that get on first. Right. And you told me that was one of the issues you had. So how do you work on being patient? Let's just say it's not easy because I tend to be impatient when it comes to waiting for buses. I tend to be impatient because I've been anxious for months because I've been waiting to resume my open water free diving for trading with Nicole. Being patient is hard. I mean, my problem is with patience is I'm patient, but you better get your butt there on time that you said you were going to get there. And sometimes I would definitely have meltdowns over buses, especially if the bus was running late when trying to get ready for work. That is the worst because it's not your fault. Besides being a diver, I also used to be a lifeguard too. Next year will mark 20 years since I began my journey to become a lifeguard. It took me four times. I failed three times in 2004 and it wasn't until 2005 after I turned 21 when I finally got my lifeguard certification. And of course, my career as a lifeguard was cut short because of the Y had a crossover program. Of course, I failed their training with miserably, which forced me to do maintenance around the pool. Then eventually I tried to get their 
swim instructor certification, but I failed that two times and I wasn't given another chance because no other opportunities to get trained and certified to become a YMCA swim instructor ever came up for me. So I was a swim instructor's aide and helped out with childcare swim lessons until 2019. After that was discontinued, I was reduced to being back to doing maintenance around the pool, which was boring, dull, less inspiring, less motivating. The fact I also dealt with toxic people I'm not saying everyone I worked with at the Y was toxic. And then come 2020, the pandemic rolls around. I lose my job. I've been unemployed ever since, unfortunately. Did being a lifeguard at your local YMCA teach you any life lessons? It did teach some responsibility. If you're wondering, did I take it serious? Yeah, I took it serious because this is what I learned as a lifeguard. It's better to have no rescues than any. I technically had only one rescue, a distressed swimmer. Hadn't had any rescues since. So I am curious about this. I want to go back into your scuba dive. I mean, so I know there's a lot of people that are afraid of water. So is there any way people can overcome their fear of water if they choose to go scuba diving? For one, when you're actually scuba diving, it's actually safe because all you do is just breathe through that regulator and just bubbles come out. And you don't need to know how to swim, though. You just relax. Right. I like that. Relax. And I feel like the the water can give you that sensation and seeing the reefs and this unique world that you can't see up above land is pretty phenomenal, I think. Sam, do you know how to swim? I do know how to swim, actually. I learned at, what age did I learn? I didn't learn for a long time, but I think it was in my double digits when I could stop doggy paddling. I also was involved with Special Olympics briefly, too, but I never did any swim meets, but I did get better with swimming because of them. That's great. Well, how'd you get involved with Special Olympics? I once had a partner. She did do swimming from when she was a little girl till she graduated. Her and I roughly graduated 21 years ago from high school. Wow, that's pretty good. Do you still keep in touch? Yeah, we're just friends now. I broke up with her, but not going to get into details about that either. So where do you like to do your scuba diving? Because it can be probably hard to do in Philadelphia, if I had to guess, because there's not much beaches. I told you, I do it at the aquarium, but there's also, yeah, we also have quarries here in the state of Pennsylvania. One of them is called Lake Hydra, formerly Dutch Springs, but which is where I got certified at. So did my former friend and a lot of other people I knew. But as of now, it's not reopened. The reason why it's not opened at the moment because there's construction around the site because of the fact the previous owners of the quarry sold it for development to be turned into warehouses. Now, I do want to talk to you more about your YouTubes and your streaming. So what are your streaming and YouTube videos about? Let's just say I go on different adventures. I've done been to the Travel and Adventure Show. I've been to Beneath the Sea, which are conventions. I even been to too many games where I got to meet the YouTuber I told you about earlier, James Rolfe from Cinemassacre. Got to meet him at too many games while I traveled there. I also do things like Pokemon Go videos. I do videos about playing Pokemon Go. I do videos about news that relate to Pokemon Go. I also do vlogs. I also have done a tour of the hotel I stayed at in Cozumel. I've done videos about my trips with Dive Heart in general. And I even recently did videos about me swimming in my tail as a merman. Wow, and that's pretty cool. Where can people find these? YouTube.com slash Lewis Adventures. Okay, bro. I will make sure to put that in the show notes and we'll make sure people get them. We'll get some new listeners. I mean, new viewers for you. Excuse me. (laughs) As for my Twitch channel, I stream on there and I play games. It is twitch.tv slash Lewis Adventure. 
As for my Instagram handles, I have three of them. One, my personal one. Then I have my YouTuber one and the one for my Merman. Okay, I'll make sure to do that too. And speaking of Mermanning, I want to learn more about, about that. So how'd you get to be a Merman? Besides my former friend who became a mermaid herself four years ago in 2019, I always want to have a tail since I was five when I seen the little mermaid. And how did it feel when you received your merman tail? It felt good. You want to show it? About my Twitch channel. I made a mistake. It's not twitch.tv slash Adventure. It's twitch.tv slash Adventures. That is a good merman tail, man. I think it's the design's really pretty. And I'm curious, did you get judged when you made the decision that you were going to be a merman? Oh, not really. And besides, a lot of professional mermaids on Instagram, in the mermaid community, there's always a need for more mermen out there. As for my tail, if you're wondering where did I get it from, it is made by Mertailer in Florida. And the monofin, it is made by Body Glove. It was designed by professional mermaid Lyndon Warbert, also known as Mermaid Lyndon. Now, folks, we're right back. We're here an ad from CFC Properties. So let's get to it. Autism Rocks and Rolls is proud to announce our newest sponsor, CFC Properties. Located in downtown Bloomington, Indiana, CFC Properties has an extensive portfolio of commercial, industrial, residential, and hospitality real estate composed of award-winning properties. CFC Properties is committed to preserving the past and creating a better future by engaging and enriching the community through growth, philanthropy, equality, and education. The company strives to be a positive role model to its employees and the customers they serve. A big thank you to CFC for their continued support of Autism Rocks and Rolls. All right, folks, and you might be hearing UFC, but you'll be hearing CFC. So, Luis, you also told me that you have ADHDs, and that is personal to me because I have ADHD too. So how does ADHD affect your life? Being neurodivergent can have its advantages and disadvantages because when we're being as neurodivergent, sometimes people who are neurotypical can sometimes not understand us. And I agree with you. And I think sometimes people don't understand that with the ADHD. Like, I can't sit down still because if you notice me right now, I'm moving a lot. Like, having to do this, go back, here, back. And I just can't sit still because it metaphorically hurts. It feels like I'm sitting on a hard rock. And, of course, let me tell you this. Besides being part of Dive Heart, and I'm also part of this other organization called the Diversity Initiative, which, of course, it's ran by Nicole and Galit. It's for those who are not just neurodivergent like us, but also those who are part of the LBGTQ community. And yes, I happen to be asexual. Oh, okay. Thanks for sharing that information. I bet a lot of people will be moved by you sharing that. And I learned something new about you today. Now, I do want to talk to you about something that you stated on Galit Speaks podcast, and it was brief and past, so you say you didn't drive, so I don't either. But do you ever get frustrated that you cannot drive sometimes? Yeah, I've been trying to fight to get my learner's permit for 20 years, but I don't have a job right now, so I can't do it. And plus, the issues with my anger, too. Yeah, you have, like, Road Rage 2000? No. If you're wondering, am I afraid to want to get out there on the road? No, I'm not. Am I aware that there is Road Rage? Yes. Am I aware there's car accidents? Yes. But am I going to let those stop me from wanting to learn how to drive? No. Because my mother even said to me, it's never too late to learn how to drive. And that's awesome. I'm very happy, man, because I'll be honest, those terrify me to the 
hardcore extreme. So you're a lot braver than me. Yeah, I am. You know it, man. Now, I do want to talk to you more about... So we don't have to go into the details of that falling out because I've had falling outs too millions of times. But what advice would you give to those on the autism spectrum about handling a falling out? It takes time. I'm going through the various stages. Like, started with sadness, currently going through the anger. So it's a slow process. I'm trying to get that person out of my head. Try not to think too much about her. And that's hard to do because you want it to work, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just going to be, oh, I tripped over the tissue. I think the anger sometimes takes a while longer to get out of our heads. Yeah, that it does. Now, I even talked to you more about Pokemon Go. When did you get into Pokemon Go? Since it came out in 2016. If you had a pick, what was the best Pokemon you caught in Pokemon Go? I'd have to say maybe... Pikachu. It's my favorite electric Pokemon. But if you mean what's my favorite Pokemon in general, it has to be Squirtle. Oh, Squirtle? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. He's a good one too. I can see that. He's pretty cool. I gotta be honest though, my style with the Pokemon, because I am a little bit of a Pokemon fan myself, is the fighting type. So... My two favorites at the Pokemon were Sock and Throw. From Gen 5, I'm a water-type trainer because, after all, I am a water baby. I'm a Pisces. If you think you were a Pokemon trainer, you're telling me you'd be a water-type guy? Yes. I could see you being a Pokemon trainer and telling them, all right, Squirtle, use Water Blaster. It's Water Gun, actually. Okay, I'll try it again. Squirtle, use Water Gun. Is that one of your other lifelong dreams, is to be a Pokemon trainer? I wouldn't say that, though. Maybe a hobby, right? And here's from my Mersona in Pokemon Go. Last year, when the professional mermaids of Wands and Wishes came to the Adventure Aquarium where I died at, I took this one for that. Now, folks, we're right back. We're here and add from the Doug Flutie Autism Foundation. So let's get to it. At the Doug Flutie Autism Foundation in Massachusetts, people are receiving hope. The organization was established in 1998 by Doug Flutie, former quarterback for Boston College and the NFL, and his wife, Lori, in the memory of their son, Dougie, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of three. The goal of the Flutie Foundation is to improve the quality of life for those with autism and their families. The biggest action they like to do is give grants and host their annual Stars on the Spectrum golf event. Our goal is to offer chances for physical and social activity outside of work or school, a path for education or employment during the day, and the resources needed to always feel safe, supported, and informed, the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation says. Make sure to visit them on their website, www.flutiefoundation.org. That's www.flutiefoundation.org. Or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even YouTube to see all the stars they have to offer. And you never know, you might be able to meet one of their stars if you are so kind they allow you to do so. Finally, if this was a testimony, this would be my testimony for the Doug Jr. Autism Foundation. All right, folks, I'm back. And you never know, you might meet Doug Flutie. Luis, I want to know this. So you are cheerleading. You briefly mentioned that earlier. So what made you interested in cheerleading? Let's just say I briefly did it when I was in school. But of course, in 2009, I kind of got interest in it because I wanted to join, do all-star cheerleading and be part of a special needs team, which of course that did happen in 2010. Do you remember some of the cheers? It's been a long time though. And despite no longer being a cheerleader and retiring, it did kind of play a role in me being influenced on me being a merman. Why so? Can you tell us why cheerleading had an influence on you being a merman? Because I love performing. That's why. Oh, me too, bro. I love to perform. Like perform and sing. I mean, do like some rock and roll music. It's a different type of performing, clearly. But it's still a performance. I still love to perform it. Helps me get out of my uh, nervous system. Sam, I also, when I was in high school, was involved in a video about peer conflict resolution, about solving problems without violence. It's called Stop and Think. And then 
I also did plays in high school, such as Romeo and Juliet and Beauty and the Beast. Our schools have plays every year. So, I mean, it's like off of different themes, obviously. One was over The Wizard of Oz, and the other one was, I think, The Little Mermaid, actually. Back to your cheerleading, though, were you judged for being a male cheerleader? If so, how'd you handle the judging? Just like being a merman, not really, because when I was younger, I, my parents were worried people were going to make fun of me. But as I got older, I didn't care. I agree with you. Not caring what others think of you is the key to life. It really that is. I've learned that the hard way because I care what people thought of me for 15 years. I was never happy. But when I stopped caring, it's almost unexplainable. But I'll try to explain it the best way. It's like this fox kind of grew out of his shell. Yes, you shouldn't give a shit about that at all. No, at sir. All. That's something I want people to take from this is never care what they think of you. Now, you have to care to a point, in my opinion. I've kind of had to learn that. Like, I got to care that my mother thinks that I'm being not the nicest person right now. But if it's someone and it's a smart quirk you have, who cares? Have it. My mother can be that way, too. You are also a free diver, and you said it helps someone with their mental health. So how can free diving help with someone's mental health? Free diving is where you swimming underwater with no scuba tank, and you go down on one breath. I'm not an open water free diver yet, but it's the same as scuba diving, but it's just all mental. For me, doing this, I have to finish two more dives, and then I get certified as an open water free diver. As of now, I'm currently confined water free diver. So there's something that dive hearts about it. I'm going to try to do this, but if I do it wrong, you'll have to teach me. So is it heart and spirit or is it just heart and spirit with this right here? Actually this. Okay. So it's your like this. So you have to take your index fingers and curl them and keep your thumbs straight. Make it look like a heart. Oh, like this or close? Close, but take okay. practice. So what does heart and spirit exactly mean? Being part of something like Dive Heart takes a lot of heart, takes a lot of commitment and a lot of spirit. Why does it though, if you don't mind me asking? It's because it's something you love, it's something you care about. Right, and the more you're passionate about it, the more heart and spirit you'll have about that topic. That's correct. More about Dive Heart. Let me tell you this, Sam. I'm also one of their ambassadors too, and... By the way, people can also volunteer to join them too. You don't have to be an adaptive buddy or instructor with them. But yes, you can train with them to dive with divers with all these disabilities. That's I really also want to ask you, would you ever be interested in joining Dive Heart and going on a trip to Mexico one day? We had to rearrange and discuss that. But I mean, it's not out of the books, but we'll be certainly can talk about it after this airs. And I have to talk to Jim, so... Like I said, maybe yeah. on down the road, but right now life's kind of busy, my friend, but I'm not going to close the door on it. Let's just put it that way. I know. Just saying, would you be interested in doing it one day? Yeah, in the near future. But let me ask you this. As an ambassador, what are some of your responsibilities that you have to do for Dive Heart? For one, spreading the word about the organization. Two, also, Jim had me do some tasks during my recent trip back in December where I told them how my buddies did. Oh, okay. So you're, you're the reporter almost. Let's just say I'm kind of doing missions for him, kind of like in video games, like in Pokemon Legends Arceus, for example. I think keeps you busy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Can you tell me how your family has supported you? They're very supportive. They actually like it. I want to show you this little coaster here. It's a mermaid design, but of course... The mermaid design was actually drawn by the executive director of the organization, Tina Marie Hernandez. And these coasters are actually made out of recycled wetsuits. That's Dive Heart not only Dive Heart doesn't more than just 
help people with disabilities. They even recycle old scuba gear too. Why do they do that? Well, to make sure things like wetsuits don't end up in landfills. Gotcha. I can see why that would make sense because why waste it if it can be used again? Now it's going to wrap these up. So these are just for fun. So what is your paradise meal or favorite food and why is it your favorite? Pizza. Pizza? Oh, what do you like to have? Like pepperoni, cheese, sausage, pineapple? Not pineapple. I do like cheese. I like pepperoni, cheese, pepperoni with sauce, and even white pizza too. Oh, cool. I like mine with meat, like pepperoni, ham, bacon, sausage, salami, meat lovers all the way, man. I also like burgers. I like chicken tenders. Oh, you're a meat guy. You're good. What What do you like on your burger? Well... For my burgers, I like to have lettuce and tomatoes. Cool. Now chicken, what do you like to dip it in? Like honey mustard, ranch, or you like them just plain? Honey mustard. As for my fries, I'll either have ketchup or cheese. Oh, uh, yeah, cheese. You can't go around cheese fries, bro. Now, what is your favorite movie <laughs> or TV show, and why do you like it? I'll give you a couple of examples. Mako Mermaids on Netflix, Cobra Kai, which is a sequel to the Cry Kid movies. As for movies, the Star Wars franchise. Oh, God, are you celebrating Star Wars Day? May the 4th be with you. Oh, yeah. I'm watching Star Wars Vision Series 2 on Disney Plus as we speak, but not at the moment. But I will resume it after we finish this interview. (laughs) Now, what's been your favorite vacation that you have ever taken? And why did you enjoy that vacation very much? I'd have to say... Cozumel because I'd never been out of the country and never been out of the U.S. and never been to Mexico. I have not been to Mexico yet, but that's definitely, if it's a safe zone, I wouldn't mind going there. Sam, I never got to tell you about, there's something I never got to tell you about, me being a merman. There's more to that, actually. Besides what I told you earlier, one of my goals is to eventually get certified as a Patty or Nally mermaid and eventually become an instructor instructor to teach mermaiding what are some of the steps left being a free diver for one two essentially falls under the category of skin diving or free diving light that's what i was told now as for places i want to swim in let me tell you this i did my first swim two years ago at a friend's pool up in the andorra section of philadelphia last summer i went to during my trip to wildwood i got to swim in the motel pool and then during my trip to cozumel with Diveheart, i got to swim in the grotto or lagoon which of course the saltwater pool respectively where we enter the water when we do our shore dives at. I got to swim in that in my tail. I've swam three times in that tail so far. You know, we have a creek here. If you want to come down and swim in a creek with your mermaid tail, we'd be happy to host you sometime. (laughs) I'd have to feel comfortable about that, though. No one in this family would judge you for it. I'd make sure of that. One of my goals is to hopefully swim in the springs down in Florida one day. Oh, I know where you could swim. Have you swam in Destin, Florida? No, but I plan to swim at Alexander Springs. Uh, Well, I'm just saying Destin, Florida. It's kind of close to the Gulf of Mexico. Maybe you could try to find an area to swim there. Alexander Springs is where I am part of the mermaiding community. I'm part of the Florida Springs Mermaid Group. The reason why I joined that is because I want to eventually either move down to Florida or when I visit the state and I want to swim with other mermaids and mermen in that group. But I'm also part of the Pennsylvania Mermaid Pod here in in Pennsylvania. Gotcha. Well, (laughs) Florida too, bro. I want to live there too because of just the heat and I don't have to worry about 
catching a cold. Now, my final question is this. Are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, before you answer, I like to end with like sentimental memory, one that made you just feel good inside, and a funny memory that made you fall on the floor laughing. It can be with your mermanning. It can be with your family. It can be with anything you want to be. Your call, you want to answer it, dude. Kind of hard to explain, but I have to say when I went 2015, my mother was touched by me scuba diving and when she seen me swim my tail yeah i bet she knew that wow he's amazing and i know what he's gonna do with the rest of his life yes my goal is to become a professional merman eventually my friend i think that's all is there anything you'd like to promote or any closing remarks you'd like to say before we head out of here i'd like to promote dive heart anyone who wants to join dive heart you can visit the website diveheart.org and they also have a documentary that they filmed 2021 called Adapting the Dive, and it came out last year. It was filmed by my good friend, a man named David Marsh. It's won a lot of awards at a lot of film festivals, and you can see it on Amazon Prime. You can also see it on free streaming services like Tubi or Roku Channel, just to name a few. Louise, you're amazing, buddy. You have a great one, man. Thank you for having me on, Sam. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.